The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon and welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing broadcasting from the Maple Knoll Radio Network here in Cincinnati, Ohio. We are your public radio source for information and inspiration to start or grow your own real estate business. And today we're trying an experimental show. This is like when the sitcoms go completely live and... The whole fun is to see if they will fall on their face. So the whole fun today will be to see if we fall on our face here. And when I say we, it's me and Mike. We're both going to fall on our face. It's, this doesn't work. It's both of our faults. Just so I can spread the blame around here. Uh, we're going to do a beginner help night here on Real Life Real Estate. So if you are a brand new investor, what I would like you to do is call or send an email with your biggest challenge. What is the thing that is most keeping you from moving forward in your real estate investing business? And we'll try and get that solved for you this evening to the extent possible. So if you're going to call, which is the easy way, because then we can converse and I can ask you questions beyond you just telling me that my biggest problem is X. The number is 877-772-9658. That's 877-772-9658. If you want to email your question in, go to our brand spanking new website at realliferealestate.com and push the tab that says, ask Vina a question. Fill in your question and give me as much detail as you reasonably can. Uh, For instance, where you are in the world, what your exit strategy might be, etc. So that I can try to give you uh, better than, you know, just generic advice on that. So this is for beginners. So you folks who've been around the block a few times, well, you can go to realliferealestate.com and go to the contact tab and tell me what you do and if you want to be a guest on the show because we're going to do a show fairly regularly here here, from here on out about real life investors and what they're doing you don't need to be a guru in fact if you're a guru don't bother because we we have plenty of those uh but tell me what you do for your business and uh what you would what topic you would like to discuss on real life real estate we'll talk about Having you on as a guest, if you're a beginner, go to the Ask a Question tab at realliferealestate.com. 
send in the biggest challenge, the number one thing that you think is keeping you from getting where you want to go. And today's your day to get that answered. Or again, you can call 877-772-9658. The Real Estate Investors Association of Greater Cincinnati has its first meeting for the month of April tomorrow. This is a sort of a networking night. Tomorrow night, the first part of the meeting from 6 to 7 p.m. is going to be speed networking with a twist. You'll get to meet lots of people, find out what folks are doing, find out what services and products they provide if they're looking to partner up or buy deals or sell deals. There will also be a contest involved in that. And the folks who are very successful at networking will have the opportunity to win a free membership to Cincinnati RIA. The main meeting from 7.30 to 9 is Ask the Expert Night. So there will be a bunch of roundtables set up around the room with folks who are experts on everything from raising money to asset protection to getting started to landlording. And you will get to ask questions of those experts one-on-one. So good meeting. More information about that at CincinnatiRIA.com. That's CincinnatiREIA.com. Again, today on Real Life Real Estate, we have Beginner Help Night, and we're starting to get some emails in from folks who are uh, facing challenges and who want help with that. And by the way, if you want to use a fake name, you know, go ahead and do that. You can call up and say your name's Geraldo, and we'll believe you, and you can ask your questions by phone at 877-772-9658 or through our contact form at realliferealestate.com. Just go to the tab that says ask Vina a question. It will come to me by email. Uh, Number one challenge here comes from Gabby in Miami, Florida. She says, I live in an extremely competitive market down here. It seems like every possible seller gets contacted by dozens of investors. There are bandit signs, billboards, and bus benches all over the place. Every list that you can think of, foreclosures, building violations, and so on, are all being heavily marketed to by other investors. Is there some list that I can get that other people don't have, or can you give me some other advice about how to get that first deal? Well, Gabby, it's funny because it seems like it doesn't matter where I go in the whole United States anymore. I get told I live in a very competitive market and there's so many people looking for deals around here that I just can't find anything and nobody can find anything. And it sort of begs the question, if nobody can find anything, why is anybody hanging bandit signs or writing to folks? Uh, The quick answer is there is no secret list. There's no, there's nothing that you or I are going to think of that somebody else has not already thought of and is marketing to. But at the same time, uh, not every seller responds to every piece of mail as they receive it. Some of them don't respond to certain pieces of mail because they're no good. They're hard to read. They look like junk mail 
etc. And sometimes uh, sellers will get nine pieces of mail and not be motivated. And then when they get the 10th one, they are motivated because it's six weeks later and whatever their problem is has become much worse. So what I would recommend to you is try it anyway. Uh, the the thing that I've I've experienced personally, the thing that many of the folks I've dealt with around the country have experienced is that the apparent competition is not the actual competition. That yes, there are bandit signs on every corner, but you know, a lot of those were hung up by people who got them free as part of some class they took or something and they put them on the corner and then they won't answer their phones and they won't, um, return messages and I mean you can if you want to prove this to yourself try it call the next 10 bandit signs you see and see how many of the people actually bother to pick up the phone and you'll find that it's not a large number Um, I can't tell you how many sellers I've talked to that have said wow I've gotten 15 pieces of mail from different people and you're the first one who's actually answered me or called me back so there's there's a lot of um motion out there about people trying to contact motivated sellers with much less actual response from the people who are trying to contact the motivated sellers. So, you know, people do what you see them doing because it works. My guess would be that 70% of the people who are doing it are either doing it sort of irregularly, sporadically, or they are not answering their phones or returning calls when they get them. So um, stop, stop worrying about the competition. Do what you know works, do it consistently, and you will find deals. So thank you very much for your email, Gabby. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. It is Beginner Help Week. If you have a challenge as a new investor that you uh, just, I don't know, can't seem to overcome, want some help with, whatever, give us a call at 877-772-9658. That is the preferred method. It'll get your question answered first and will allow us to have more back and forth. Or you can go to the Ask Vina question tab at realliferealestate.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. If you're listening to us via our podcast, please remember that you can listen live and participate on Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern just by listening to WMKV 89.3 or WLHS 89.9 in the greater Cincinnati area or live streaming from anywhere at wmkvfm.org. That's wmkvfm.org. And then you get to participate in cool things like today's Beginner Help Night, where if you're a new investor and there is something hanging you up, even if you feel stupid about it, send me an email. Go to realliferealestategut.com. Go to Ask Vina a Question. Or if you're feeling brave, give us a call at 877-772-9658. And I promise to give you good and respectful advice and not make fun of you for being hung up on something. 
Uh, question here via the Real Life Real Estate contact form from Tom. He says, you've covered this often, but what is the best way to find buyers? This is my mental roadblock. Once you find them, how often do you contact them to maintain the relationship even though you don't have a deal for them? And I'm making the assumption here from the tone of the email that what we're talking about is buyers for wholesale deals. So investor buyers. And um, it is, in fact, a mental roadblock because the market has heated up enough that there are tons of buyers for any good wholesale deal. This is not 2009 when... There was an, there were an overwhelming number of underpriced properties on the market and anyone who wanted to could buy one, but nobody wanted to because we weren't sure like when the market was going to bottom out. This We are in an upswing in the market uh, pretty much throughout the entire country. And um, the number of deals that are on the open market, like through MLS, has shrunk a lot. And so if the deal like makes financial sense, a buyer can buy it and make money commensurate with his efforts in renovating and reselling it or in renting it, that deal will sell. And I, I'm, I'm stating that very definitely, assuming that you are kind of filling in the blanks about assuming you tell people about it. This is not a real issue right now. Uh, however, I would say that uh, best way to find buyers is absolutely to go to your local real estate association meeting, uh, whether your group in your area is called a RIA or a Property Investors Association, or I mean, they have different names all around the country. Uh, you are going to want to go there and go there regularly and talk to lots of people and find out what it is they're looking for, not so that you can find it for them, but so that when you find a deal, you know kind of who is interested in that sort of deal within the group and you can call them. Uh, you stay in touch with them by continuing to go to the meetings. And it doesn't hurt to, if someone, if someone you know, officially joins your buyer's list and says, yes, if you find a deal in Southern, whatever, uh, I'd definitely be interested in hearing about it. It doesn't hurt to send them an email every once in a while and say, hey, just wanted to let you know that I appreciate you being on my buyer's list. I haven't found a deal that quite meets your criteria yet. If your criteria's changed, let me know. But just wanted to let you know I'm still here and I am still looking for you. If you have a question or a mental roadblock or whatever the case may be, uh, and you're a new investor, today is New Investor Help Day here on Real Life Real Estate Investing, 877-772-9658. What's hanging you up? What's your biggest challenge? You can also send that to the Ask Vina tab on the realliferealestate.com website. Uh, while you're there, check out all the cool new stuff we have on the website, including a uh, new outside of the regularly scheduled programming program uh, called Inner Circle that you can sign up for very inexpensively. And your uh, sign up does support public radio here on 
WMKV, which is a nice way of saying I don't get any money from it. The station gets the money from it, but you get some neat stuff like additional education, coaching, and so on. That's again on the realliferealestate.com website. Question here from Jay, just Jay. I said that it could be anonymous, and this is about anonymous as it gets. Vina, I've learned about multiple strategies involving the seller financing their property. I want to buy that way, but now I'm confused. How should I decide which one to offer and explain if I know the numbers for the property? Are there any rules I can apply? So, Jay, you are suffering from what we call paralysis of analysis, or sometimes analysis paralysis, whatever, as long as it rhymes, it's a... you know, good jargon for the real estate investing industry. Uh, This is something that is much discussed amongst real estate group leaders, educators, etc. That sometimes you can give certain types of people too much information and you make it impossible for them to do anything because they sit there and they think, well, I know way A, B, C, D, E, F, and G to do this and I don't know which one's the right way. In the case of seller financing, owner financing type strategies like um, a true owner carry back mortgage, uh, buying a property subject to the existing loan, buying it on a lease option, buying it via a land contract or contract for deed. If you really understand in depth what those strategies are, uh the deal itself should tell you which one is the right one. For instance, if the seller has a mortgage on the property, which is something you should know by the time you get around to thinking about in what way might I offer some seller financing here, you know that a seller carry back first mortgage is eliminated. It is not a possibility anymore because there's, a mortgage. They can't carry a first mortgage. They would have to pay off their existing first mortgage in order to carry back a mortgage. Uh, If the property needs a great deal of work, if you're going to be going in there and investing another five, 10, 20, $30,000 in the property before uh, it is ready to be able to be rented or sold, you probably want a strat. You probably want to use one of the two strategies that gets you the deed to the property. Do you really want to put thirty thousand dollars worth of work into a property that you are leasing with an option to buy? Probably not. There are some things that could go wrong there with your thirty thousand dollars in the property. On the other hand, if it's a great property in a great area that needs very little work and the seller owes pretty close to what the property's worth and their payment is pretty close to what it would rent for, you're probably not going to want to get the deed because there's not enough what we call spread, right? There's not enough difference between what it's worth and what it would sell for or what the payment is and what it would rent for. So you want to do something that is relatively low low, low commitment for you, like a lease with option to buy. So you say you've learned about multiple strategies involving seller financing. How deeply have you studied them? Do you only know their name? Do you um, do you kind of understand which ones get you the deed and which ones don't? Which ones are uh, higher risk and lower risk? Which ones are um, allow you to 
turn around and do what you want to do because your exit strategy is also important. If you want to sell the property using a contract for deed, you better buy it with something other than a lease option because the lease option doesn't give you enough interest to sell it with a contract for deed. Um, I, I don't, I can't quite tell from your email here whether the problem is that you are overeducated or possibly slightly undereducated. In other words, that you um, know a little bit about a lot of things and don't know enough about them to uh, deeply analyze which one might be good for which situation. But thank you for your question, Jay. I hoped that I hope that helped some just, you know, let the deal tell you what to do. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. It's beginner help day. And if you are a new investor, you have a challenge that is uh, keeping you from moving forward. Let's talk about it. Let's see if we can get it resolved. 877-772-9658 or realliferealestate.com. Go to the Ask Vina a Question tab. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. It's Help the Beginner Day on Real Life Real Estate. I know tons of you out there are just getting started in your real estate investing business and you have things that are kind of standing in your way that you can't can't see your way around. You can't quite figure out how to get out of the brain lock or whatever it is that is going on with you. And uh, that's what we're going to talk about today, but only if you want to talk about it. Otherwise, we will sit here in silence for the next half an hour, which does not make for good radio. You can call 877-772-9658 or you can go to realliferealestate.com. That's our new official website where you can uh, check out the podcasts of all of our prior shows here on WMKV. There's about, oh, I don't know, 200 of them there. Uh, you can see what's coming up next week. You can, uh, in another week, we'll have articles up there that you can check out. You can also join the Real Life Real Estate Investing mailing list and get early notification of each program every week along with other kinds of special offers and news and so on. So that's realliferealestate.com. If you have a question and you're a beginner, that's the place to go. One place to go to ask it. The other place to go is 877-772-9658. A question here from Ed. Ed says, hi, Vina. Do you market to motivated sellers via postcards or yellow letters? If so, what criteria do you use to pull the best list for your business? Absentee, owner-occupant, 55 years and older, etc. All right, so um, that's not that's not a challenge, but I will answer it anyway. Uh, the question of postcards versus, and you specifically said yellow letters, which I'm going to explain in a moment. Uh, the answer is both and others. We use postcards for some lists and some mailings to those lists and letters to other lists and mailings to those other lists. The yellow letter specifically that you refer to uh, is the industry term for a letter that uh, at least is supposed to appear to be handwritten. 
on yellow lined paper. It probably started being talked about seven or eight years ago. And as time has passed, more and more and more and more educators have said, oh, yeah, use the yellow letter. The yellow letter works great. Uh, we are discontinuing use of the yellow letter because uh, every seller that I talk to has received a dozen of them. Um, and it's not, it's not, the problem is not that they have received a dozen letters. The problem is they have received a dozen letters that look exactly alike. And that is problematic for offsetting our mailings from other people. So we are going, uh, and, we, and we'd never use them to every kind of seller. Like I wouldn't use a yellow letter to a probate seller. It's a little informal for, you know, given the situation. Uh, we are going back to uh, distinct marketing for distinct kinds of sellers. Now, the second part of your question is, what criteria do you use to pull the best list for your business, absentee owners, owner-occupants 55 and older, etc.? cetera? Uh, definitely not owner-occupants 55 and older. There's no particular reason to believe that an owner-occupant who is 55 or older is motivated to sell their property or motivated to sell it at a uh, investor type price because there's no particular reason to believe that I mean I think your thought is well if they're 55 and they've been in their house for 30 years maybe their house is outdated and maybe it is maybe it's not I mean if they are people of some means they have updated or have the capability of updated it, dating it so that's one of those lists like just saying I'm going to mail to all landlords are there maybe some motivated people within the list of all landlords? Yes, of course there are. Are there maybe some motivated people within the list of 55 years and older? Yeah, but there's better ways to target the specifically motivated people. The thing that I like to look for is a combination. Um, absentee owner definitely helps because somebody who doesn't live in their property uh, is not benefiting from that property, right? I mean, if it was their house, now they have left it. And so it's not a roof over their head anymore. If it was a rental and it's vacant, then it is, well, in either case, costing money, right? There's still taxes, insurance, you know, you got to mow the lawn or the city gets on you, that sort of thing. And also some sort of uh, motivation that is more like life motivation. So, uh, an absentee owner who has inherited the property would be a good example of that combination of things. Or an absentee owner who also has back taxes. That 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 sort of combination of things uh, is what I look for in a new list. So uh, thank you very much for your question, Ed. It's beginner help day here on Real Life Real Estate, and uh, we're taking questions from beginners at 877-772-9658. The, the topic is really like, what is your big challenge? What is it that's keeping you from doing what you want to do? What is it that's keeping you from taking the next step? What is it that's keeping you from turning this into a full-time business if that's what you want to do or of doing that first deal if that's what you're looking to do. 877-772-9658 or go to realliferealestate.com, click on the Ask Vina a Question tab and it will come to us via email. 
Here is one from Mike. He says, I am very frustrated by the poor service and fees that are associated with my property manager. I'm considering managing my rentals myself, but often travel. And I'm afraid I might miss an urgent maintenance request. I do have an exceptional handyman who is willing to be on call for maintenance issues, but would still want the calls for showings, late rents, et cetera, et cetera, to come to me. How would I go about finding a 24-hour phone service that can route calls from tenants to the appropriate person? Uh, first of all, Mike, your frustration with your property manager is non-unique. There are, um, I, I get calls literally every week. I mean, I say this completely without exaggeration from owners who are motivated to sell because they can't get good property management and they never intended to manage the property on their own. Now, you seem to be in a position where it might be possible for you to do that yourself. It sounds like the handyman is ready to, to you know, do his part. No, I guess all that's happening now is that the property manager is probably calling the handyman when there's a problem. So no issue with you calling them or, or an answering service calling them. Uh, but you want to be, you want to take the calls for showings, late rents, and so on. And your question was finding a 24-hour phone service that can route the calls from the tenants to the appropriate person. So I, I assume what you're saying is that when you're out of town, you need them routed one way. And when you're in town, you want them routed back, back to you. There are a number of phone services that I'm not really open to give you the names here on public radio, but uh, if you Google them, you will find some that they, they, they give you a single phone number and they give you the ability to forward that phone number with just, just by going into the interface and saying where you want it to go. Uh, and you can change it back and forth as much as you want. Now that's, that's not free. It's going to cost you maybe 30 bucks a month to get that phone number. Uh, it's certainly a number that you can keep forever and ever. So if you did decide in the future to hire another property manager, you could have the calls routed through that number to the property manager to make sure that those were being answered because you can go into the interface anytime and see what phone calls have come in in case you're afraid that your property manager is not responding to maintenance calls. Another route to go would be get an answering service who, uh, when a call comes in and you don't answer it, uh, does talk to the people and finds out what it is they need and forwards it to your maintenance person if it's a maintenance request and forwards it to you if it's a non-maintenance request. And they can do that by email, text, you know, so you won't, you won't mi quote, miss a call because it'll be texted to you or, and, or emailed to you. So um, that would be my best suggestion for you because um, other than a licensed property manager, you are about it in terms of who can manage your property. If it's not you, it's gotta be somebody with a real estate license. A uh, question from Ernie, how many deals are realistic for a part-timer to do per month with only 10 hours a week? Question is for wholesaling and I realize there are many variables. If you have 10 hours a week and they are not from midnight to 3 a.m. every day when you couldn't possibly be on the phone with a buyer or a seller. 
if they're like during kind of normal-ish hours, and I don't mean business hours, it can be in the evening and weekends, and you focus those hours. You, you spend that time marketing, talking to sellers, evaluating properties, putting properties under contract, finding buyers for the contracts, all of that sort of thing. Realistically, you should be able to do a deal every two to three weeks. Now, some of that time after you get going for a while is going to then be spent on side items that must be done, but don't actually result in a deal. For instance, bookkeeping, filing, things like that. But if you don't waste your 10 hours a week, you know, looking at the million dollar house on Craigslist, because you came across it while you were looking for the $10,000 house on Craigslist, you don't waste that time over designing your business card. So that's absolutely perfect, but it's never going to do you a deal. It's nice to have, but it's never going to do you a deal. Uh, if you're seriously spending 20 hours and also you understand what you're doing, uh, you should be able to do a deal in 20 concentrated hours. So that means with 10 hours a week, you should be able to do a deal every two to three weeks. It's real life real estate investing. It is help the beginner day. If you're a brand new investor and there's something that's bugging you, something that's keeping you from doing that first deal or doing that next deal or building the business, doing deals or even making an offer, whatever it is, give me a call. 877-772-9658. You can also send an email by going to realliferealestate.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. Mike, how long have you been producing this show? It's It's been like off and on for 20 years. And one of these days, <laughs> you'll get your brain around the traffic and weather. Mark never made those mistakes. You know that, right? Yeah, when Mark used to produce my show, you have to cast your you have to cast your show you have to cast your mind way back when to remember that. Yeah, he, oh. he 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 moved out of town. So, um, all right. So it's uh, make fun of Mike. No, nope, that's not it. It's uh, help the beginner day here on real life real estate investing. And we are uh, just you know waiting to hear what your challenges are and what I can do to maybe help you get over them a little bit. We have a call on line one from Maddie in Atlanta. Maddie, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Yes, it's good to talk to you. Thank you for taking my call. Um, just briefly, um, I have a very um, time-consuming regular job, and I've taken a number of real estate courses over the years, but I think I'm... Um, and I don't really have a lot of experience in rehabbing and that kind of thing. I have about uh, about three hundred and fifty to four hundred thousand dollars that's in a self-directed IRA, and um, I I've been approached by a company that will do turnkey uh, properties, and I'm, I don't know if it sounds too good to be true. I mean, they're very you know they're well priced, but what do you think about, you know, self-direct IRAs? I've also thought about maybe buying notes because I have taken a note mm -hmm. seminar before, too. What do you think about that type of thing? 
Wow, that, beginner. that is a big question there, Maddie, because um, like anything else, the quality of the turnkey rentals that, that one buys depends very much on the provider of those turnkey rentals. Uh, there, there are some out there that are great. You know, they, they do a really good job renovating the houses and picking the tenants and then managing them afterwards. There are a lot out there who are kind of slipshod about that. And the problem with, with being a beginner and buying those turnkey rentals is that it can sometimes be hard for you to tell the difference, right? Uh, right. To, to, to go into a property and say, uh, you know, this one, this one actually looks really well rehabbed and this one not so much because you've just never rehabbed a house. So you don't know that. I hope that if you are considering buying them, you are considering buying them in Atlanta. Well, actually, this particular company, uh, a lot of the properties, at least, you know, when I talk to the person, they seem to be out of state. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in other states, I, I think what they may be getting at, at least trying to say, was that they were purchasing these properties, let's say, near college campuses or some somewhere like that where they would, kind of have built-in tenants but as you stated you know how do I confirm that and um, you know just other things related to that so I'm you know a bit bit leery they've called me several times and I haven't called them back because I'm like I just don't know if as you're saying how do you how do you know what's going on when the property is could be in Ohio or Florida or wherever it just happens to be. So on top of everything else, they're kind of pressuring you, which does not give me a good warm feeling. Right, exactly. (laughs) So, okay. (laughs) Um, There are plenty of turnkey rental uh, providers in Atlanta. All right. I mean, tons. Like, like that's one of what's one of the bigger cities in the country in which to buy turnkey rentals. So if you are going to consider this, at least do it where you can go look at the property. Okay. Because that will tell you a lot about it. Second, right. second thing that I always tell folks about um, turnkey rentals is have someone who is not trying to sell you the property confirm everything you're being told about the property. So have have a home inspector go look at the property before you buy it. And yeah, that's going to cost you a couple hundred bucks, but that's a lot better than finding out there's another $5,000 worth of work to be done after you've already bought it. Um, yeah. have, have an agent run comps for you. Because many times, uh, you know, folks folks can say a house is worth $55,000. How do you know it's worth $55,000? So have a real estate agent who's not involved with the company that's trying to sell you the properties run comps for you. Have a, have a local property manager tell you if the rents that you're being told are reasonable. And, and this, is, this is where a lot of the turnkey providers sort of leave stuff out. And that is with the expenses... Because they will say, well, you know, we've got, uh, you got your p- principal interest tax and insurance. Now, in your case, there shouldn't be principal and interest because it sounds like you're considering paying cash for them. But you got your taxes, you got your insurance, and then you've got 10% for maintenance and vacancy. Any landlord will tell you there is no way you're going to own a rental property for 10% vac- 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 uh, vacancy and maintenance over the long haul. Now, maybe for the first five years... It'll only be 10% because the house was just fixed up. But you also right. have to be putting aside money for, um, you know, future stuff, right? Because the roof might be new, but it's not going to be new in 20 years. And you got to have the money set aside to pay for that in 20 years. So 
a really nicely stabilized house is going to cost you more like 20% of the gross rent for vacancy, maintenance, and long-term reserves. And, and what's left from that is really your cash flow. It's not, it's not the smaller number. So um, that's, you know, that, that, that's the advice I would give you and anyone else who asks me about turnkey rentals. Unless you live in California or Boston, there are turnkey rentals close enough to you to just drive by and, you know, see them yourself. Okay. Um, All right. Now, it, uh, buying rental properties in your IRA, if you're going to do yes, that. Yes, that's another thing. <laughs> If you're going to do that, a lot of people say that's not the best idea. Well, you know, there's. I, I could sit here and debate myself about whether you should buy <laughs> rentals in your IRA. Um, the the downsides are one of the big advantages of owning rental properties is the depreciation. You don't right. get that in your IRA because it's not a taxpayer. So so you don't you don't get it. You don't have to recapture it. Um, and it's sort of it's sort of like taking away one of the benefits of owning rentals, and the other big uh, gotcha if you're not careful is just because a rental is in your IRA doesn't like protect it in the sense of asset protection. So you're going to need to set up an LLC to own the rental, and then the IRA will own the LLC if you decide to do right. it that way. Now, a lot of people do recommend, the same people who will say, you know, I, I don't really recommend buying rentals in your IRA, not because rentals aren't good, but because there are better investments for your IRA, would would recommend buying notes Okay. in the IRA. And that becomes a question of how much time does Maddie have to deal with those notes? Because you can buy performing notes with relatively low returns. I mean, they're going to be 8-10% returns if they're really good, strong performing notes. The non-performing notes is where there's kind of huge money, like if, if they if they work out, you like 30-35% return, but you have to find a way to make them work out. So either you have to do it, in which case you got to have time to call your borrower and try and you know, get them woken up and get them paying you and if, <laughs> if, if so you said you said it's really no e- easy easy way without doing some work you you, you gotta do some work well, somewhere along the way so you gotta pick your the correct poison i guess well the, the passive the passive investments and and this is also true by the way of the turnkey rentals like the the best turnkey rentals i've seen out there I don't care what it says on the form they sent you, the real returns on them, not counting appreciation and stuff that you don't get until you sell it, are like 6, 8, 9%. And the returns on the good performing notes are 6, 8, 9%. So um, from a passive investment standpoint, let's face it, that's not a bad return. It's, it's more than you're getting by leaving that money in the IRA in a bank account or something, right? But right. Well, everything is now is in you know like mutual fund kind of investments, mm-hmm. uh, and then I have you know some other money that's like just in a four hundred one k that's separate, but still again it's basically you know mutual fund. Well, my question to you, Maddie, would be, what is the big goal here? It, 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 why do you want any money invested in real estate? Is it because you kind of, you like the idea of real estate, you just haven't had time to pursue it on your own. And so you're looking for a more passive way to do it. Or is it that you ultimately would like to be an active 
investor and get the the bigger bucks that you've seen out there? I don't know. Well, I guess years ago I thought maybe, you know, and I would change from, you know, a regular job to do that. But, you know, it's just my, my, you know, I make fairly, you know, good money. So I guess, um, you know, just between that and just the job, you know, job itself, I've, I've just n- never had, you know, a lot of time to mm-hmm. to put aside for it. And then a friend of mine that does the rentals and stuff, she's had such a kind of hard time with hers that, you know, I'm just, and she's an, also a real estate agent. So, you know, I, I guess I'm just trying to figure out, you know, what what can I do that's going to be any better than what she does and, it just seems, you know, more time-consuming than than I really have time to do, especially during the day when I'm, you know, sometimes I'm at work at 6 a.m. and I leave, in, you know, late in the evening. So it's just, it, it just doesn't leave me a lot of time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so really you're looking for like a passive investment more for retirement? Right. Okay. Well, you know, nothing wrong with anything you've talked about. Nothing nothing really wrong with turnkey rentals, nothing really wrong with uh note buying, nothing wrong with private lending if you're lending to the right people, okay? It's uh, it's it's just, you know, you need you need to have some base knowledge so that you can make sure that you're making the correct investment for uh, like like what well, I'm saying like if you're buying the note, it's the right note. If you're buying a property, it's what you th- you know. It's what you are expecting to buy, and so on. Right, so right. The more the more you can get your hands on it, the better chance that you're going to uh, get what you expect to get out of it, and the more um, outside expertise that you can get uh, involved in the deal. So it's not just what the salesperson is telling you. The better you're going to be. Right. Be okay. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. I didn't mean to t- take so much time of your show, but I really appreciate your talk. And I me. really appreciate your call, Maddie. Uh, you've been listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. Unfortunately, we are out of time, but thanks to all our callers who helped with Help the Beginner Day, and maybe we'll do it again in a few months. We'll be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. <music>